236 Highway Nim sat clutching her empty cup in the gatehouse, listening with rapt attention. The rest of her party was with her, consisting of Remezzo, Bryce, and Lestrau, huddled around the tiny table. The four of them were fresh from their awakenings, having all turned fifteen within the past three months, and shared the same blue. The monster had been brought to them caged, of course, so it had been nice and safe. Once her stupid older brother showed up, they'd be entering the dark, where it was most assuredly not. She'd have been nervous had she not been entirely distracted at the moment. Okay, Dearest said, gesturing with a spoon. There's a famous thought experiment that helps explain, though test isn't the right word. What do you call a thing you do to find an answer you don't know? An experiment? Bryce asked. Who are you asking? Lestrau said, giving her a look and pointing rudely at Dearest. Him! The word in common is something, if that helps, Honey supplied. It doesn't. Lestrau said, crossing his arms. Nim's brother is the only one who speaks that barbarian bark-bark. Speaking of your brother, Nim, why is he a slug? He was born that way, Nim replied by reflex. Dearest laughed, smiling at her and sending a shiver down her spine. Hurriedly, she pretended to take a sip from her empty cup. Honey and Dearest had barely been able to express themselves when they'd arrived at the gatehouse, and said they'd been hired to escort them, sounding like they'd learned Zelanda from a book or something. Now the way they spoke was practically poetic, even when they didn't know all the words and had to ask for them. Their speech held no misplaced pauses, filler words, or asymmetry in its structure. It was, in a word, Flawless. Every reply sounded like it had been practiced dozens of times in front of a mirror. She'd heard what high mental stats could do, but she never expected to see anyone master Zelanda in front of her eyes. Not in the space of an hour. So, in this thought experiment, Dearest continued, there is an inn run by a man named Hilbert. Not a normal inn, but an infinite inn with an infinite number of rooms. Do you need a minute to picture that, or have you got it? Let's just say we've got it, Lestrau said, rubbing his forehead. Great, Dearest said happily, clearly unbothered by his distress. Picture a really busy night. The inn's full up. Every one of the infinite rooms is already assigned to a guest. Infinite guests? Bryce said, clearly struggling. Nim's heart went out to her friend. Personally, she'd stopped trying to follow anything more than the words. The words were beautiful, even if the concept Dearest was describing was far beyond her. They were almost as beautiful as the mercenary himself, with his shockingly blue eyes and his rugged, rough-trimmed beard. 
As if against her will, her eyes were drawn to Honey's hand resting atop his. I want that. Dearest, though he'd been looking the other way and shouldn't have noticed, immediately looked down at his hand. Before she could react, he was looking straight at her. Heep, Nim squeaked, blushing a furious pink and scrambling for her cup. This time, there was no hiding the fact that it was empty. Honey laughed, then slid her the wine jug. Catching Nim's eye, she returned her hand to Dearest's and mouthed the word mine before squeezing it with a wink. Nim did her best to sink through her chair. Remezzo laughed and patted her on the shoulder, while Lestrau merely rolled his eyes. Bryce didn't even seem to have noticed, too deep in contemplation. Dearest gave her a polite, disinterested smile that made her want to die, then cleared his throat. So, as I was saying, every room in the Infinite Inn is full, but then a woman walks in and asks for a place to stay. What does Hilbert say? Lestrau grunted. He says the inn is full, obviously. Dearest whirled on him with a spoon. Wrong! The innkeeper is a smart cookie, you see. He knows all the rooms are full, but he also knows there are an infinite number of them. He says, okay, you there in room one, I want you to move to room two. You in room two move to room three, so on and so forth, forever. Finished using the spoon as a pointer, he rolled it across his armoured knuckles in a casual display of dexterity. Room one's free now, so the new guest takes it. You might think, there's a problem with two people ending up in the last room, but that's the thing. There is no last room. Settle down, dearest, honey said. You're going to break them. What if one of the guests doesn't want to move? Remezzo asked, unexpectedly entering the conversation. That's not the point, Dearest said, slashing the spoon through the air like it was a sword. You need to think of the guests like spherical cows in a place without air. Nim blinked. She had never heard such grammatically perfect nonsense before. Lestrau groaned, letting his head hit the table. He's not a merc. He's a fucking bard having a joke. A spoony bard? And I assure you that this is quite serious, Dearest said, tapping his spoon on the table. That one had even Honey looking at him askance. Nobody appreciates me, Dearest said with a sigh, dropping the cutlery and waving his hand. Anyway, the point is, there's room for more guests. Even if an infinite carriage pulls up with an infinite number of people in it, Hilbert just asks every existing guest to go to the room with twice their room number. That makes all the odd rooms free, and there are an infinite number of odd rooms, so... Sorry, I'm late. Gen's voice was so abrupt that Nim released a startled yelp. Damn, Dearest muttered to himself. Didn't get a chance to explain countable versus uncountable. Gen, Sanct Diestes, Lestrau said, shoving himself back from the table. If he doesn't stop talking once we're out there, I'm done. I'll wait for another silver if it takes a month. 
Sorry about him, Honey said, punching Dearest in the shoulder and getting to her feet. He really likes math. He better be as good at fighting as he is at giving me a headache, Lestrau said with a half. Gen glared at him. My father wouldn't have hired him, them, if they weren't. He vetted their combat abilities personally. So, unless you're suddenly willing to pay guild rates, you are the one who needs to stop talking. It is our luck that they are willing to ferry my useless crafter sister and her useless crafter friends to their useless crafter mentor. Crafters aren't useless, Honey said, as she scooped up the miniature crystal slime slumbering in the centre of the table. Where do you think we got our armour? Useless in a fight, Gen clarified, turning to her with a bow. Greetings of the light. May it shine eternal, Honey replied easily, though she seemed less than impressed. Grunting, Gen dug out a pair of heavy bluestone passes, then tossed them on the table. Here are your passes. Now, can you understand me well enough, or something, 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 something? Zelanda is fine, Dearest said, picking up the passes and trading one of them with honey, receiving the slime in exchange. He set the gelatinous creature on his shoulder, then tilted his head toward the Entente checkpoint. Shall we? We'd like to reach three-core by morning. Morning? Nim stammered, stumbling as she was part way to her feet. We are not stopping at the way station? Their silver, sis, Gen said, then turned to address the mercenaries. Do me a favor and let them fight something toothy on the way. He planted his hands on his hips. What do I call you, anyway? Father didn't give me your names. Dearest chuckled. We never reveal our true names, part of our mercenary mystique. He grinned. You can call me Mouse. Tiger, Honey said. Nim blinked. But I thought Honey and Dearest... The two mercenaries looked at each other, then exploded with laughter. Rain rolled his shoulders in relief as the heavy door banged shut behind them, sealing them in what was essentially an airlock. The city was quite serious when it came to keeping the depths sealed off, and for good reason. The pass system was dumb, though. Unavoidable without revealing their guild affiliation, but dumb. He didn't know what they'd have done if they'd been forced to wait their turn in the lottery. Hold this, will you? He said to Dozer, poking the slime on his shoulder with the corner of the card-shaped pass. Helping, Dozer said, happily sucking up the object. Everyone, get ready, Gen said, raising a hand and summoning a lunar orb. We don't know what's out there. I do, actually, Rain said, moving to the outer door so he didn't have far to move in the cramped space. It was deep stone and just stupid heavy, but he had no trouble forcing it open. 
even against the powerful springs he discovered holding it closed. Beyond, a dim passage stretched into the distance. Not entirely dark thanks to glowing golden flecks, sprinkled across the ceiling, walls, and floor. Light aspect. What a shock. Hey, Lestrow said angrily from behind him. Gen said to wait. Relax, I've got a divination skill, Rain replied, breathing in the heady, not scent of essence. Already he could tell the concentration was higher out in the passage. Confirming that his ram scoop efficiency was already rising, he moved through the door, then turned to brace it open. Come on, it's perfectly safe. Nim, the closest, made to step forward, but Gen caught her, roughly shouldering past. Stay behind me, little sis, he said to her, moving past Rain and drawing his sword against the darkness. Sorry, dearest, I know this is nothing to you, but I don't trust skills I don't know. Wise, Rain said with a nod. Stop calling him that, Nim whined, trailing after her brother. Slowly, the others filed out as well well-hidden terror radiating as they stared owlishly down the tunnel. It seemed probable that none of them had ever experienced darkness. Gen was the least affected, but his uneasy soul was around level 15, and not quite so soft as the rest of the city's populace. Ray knew from speaking with his father that he freelanced as a scout in the surrounding jungle, but that would only be during the day. Amelia was last out, and Rain carefully eased the door closed after her, not letting it slam. As it settled into its frame with a quiet whoomp, the four fledglings nevertheless jumped, huddling beneath Gen's light. They wanted to be illuminators, and thus would be taking skills to unlock Runeworker, though it didn't feel like any of them had passed level three. Gen was probably right that they'd be useless in a fight. Anyone in Ascension could have wiped the floor with them, including the unawakened. Training them is not why I'm here. Whatever they get out of this is up to them. Shaking his head, Rain dusted his hands. Okay, I'll take point. Gen will follow, then the rest of you. Tiger will take up the rear. Rest assured that she and I will be able to deal with anything we're likely to run into. So don't break formation or try to help us. Gen, you should stay close to the others in case something gets through, which it won't. But always have a backup. Reaching the front, he turned. Now, at this depth, this late in the day, I doubt we'll be seeing anything with more legs than two until dusk. But even people could prove dangerous. The last thing we want is to sneak up on someone twitchy enough to lob a fireball at our faces before they realize who we are. To that end, we'll be making a bunch of noise. Any questions before I start singing? Mouse, no, Amelia said. He just grinned at her. How about you tell us what you can do? Lestrow said, crossing his arms. He made no move to take his spot. Isn't that standard Delver procedure? Gen sighed. Did you not hear me say they were silver? 
My first ability is walking and talking at the same time, Rain said, turning to stride off down the tunnel. He allowed himself to feel some measure of satisfaction from the outrage spluttering this generated. It wasn't often that he got to play the snarky arsehole. My second ability is the divination skill I mentioned, he said, raising a finger, before anyone got more upset. It will let me know if any monsters or people are approaching. It will also let me find any of you if you become separated from the group, which you will if you do not keep up. He'd reached the boundary of the light from Lunar Orb, but kept going, the golden flecks more than enough to guide him, with his enhanced perception. Behind him, he was aware of the others scrambling to follow in various states of panic. The emissions from Amelia just felt amused. Third, he boomed, raising his volume to compensate for the growing distance. As Gen has reminded the rest of you twice now, Tiger and I are silver, which means nothing at this depth will trouble us. In the unlikely event that I do detect a monster, I will dash ahead and deal with it before it even has a chance to smell you. Taking the left fork, veering down the left tunnel as indicated, Rain stopped speaking for a moment, tracking the others as they followed. He slowed his pace, allowing them to catch up until the light of Lunar Orb again washed over him. Confident that they were now out of eavesdrop range from the guardhouse, and no longer able to feel Burek's colossal soul through the rocky ceiling, he moved on to more sensitive details. Fourth, we are both, in effect, utility mages. I know we don't look like it, but check your stats, please. Specifically, your resistances. Six in five, Lestrau exclaimed. The first to get there. Yes, Rain said, nodding. I'm covering you with 120% resistance to force, arcane, chemical, mental, and heat damage and have been since we left the guardhouse. I can block the other elements too, but the skills to do that take mana when they're active. The ones I'm using now take mana when you take damage, and they will turn off if I run out. So don't go lighting yourselves on fire to see whether it tickles. We're immune to damage? Nim asked, slightly out of breath despite the fact that they were only moving at a brisk walk. From... Heat and the rest, I mean? As long as you have mana? Not immune, Amelia said from the back. Don't forget. Piercing skills. There aren't supposed to be any monsters in this zone with them, but it pays to be cautious. How much mana do you have? Gen asked. At the moment? Rain glanced at his HUD, though he didn't need to. About a quarter million? Someone stumbled probably Bryce, as she was the one that spoke next. So much. Gen sighed. Silver. I swear. Nim, find smarter friends. You're the one who can't figure out why no one likes you. Bryce fired back. Let's pick up the pace, Rain said, managing not to laugh while increasing his speed to a jog. Even with the constricting fabric binding up his joints, it felt good to run. The tunnel was sloping sharply downward now, but it flattened out again ahead. As he understood it, the coming section of the delving had been constructed to give a nice, 
wide spawning zone for hunting purposes. He could feel tunnels splitting off on either side ahead of them, spreading in a honeycomb-like structure. We are not going to be jogging the whole way, are we? Nim asked. Of course not, Rain replied. We never make it in time. Tiger, please activate the Imperial Performance Enhancers. Is that what we're calling them? Amelia asked. And are you sure? We can always stop for the night. You need the practice, and so do they, Rain said, pressing with his soul. He sent some additional subtext. We don't have time to take it easy. Okay, Amelia said, seeming to understand. She clapped her hands. Everyone, I am about to boost all your stats. Before I do, is anyone using any stat-boosting equipment? I don't want to exceed anyone's tolerance. I have a plus ten strength statring, Gen said. You'll be fine, Rain replied. Haven held? Yeah, Gen confirmed. Maybe not fine, actually, Rain said, scratching his beard. I almost lost a finger to one of those once. I can also heal, Amelia said, just putting that out there. Wait, what? Nim asked, glancing at her brother with concern. Amelia didn't give Rain time to respond. Stat boost in three, two, one. On one, Rain flickered his eyes up, watching a shimmering distortion appear. Empire of Will created a blue flame that hung above the brow of anyone affected, while Empire of Grit and Empire of Brawn did the same in green and red. Amelia had long since internalized his objectively correct color associations for the stats, even before they had become ascension standard. As for Empire of Drive, it was a little different from the other Imperial auras, both in effect and in visual manifestation. Mechanically, it boosted the associated secondary stat for any of the others that were active. Visually, it manifested as a golden crown, onto which the fires of the other skills set themselves like gemstones. Amelia was using them all at once, through prismatic intent. She'd been forced to take it so she could level Empire of Drive, which couldn't be used alone. The amount of prerequisite juggling she'd had to do to unlock it had set her back half a day. Then she'd gone and leveled it to rank four with barely an issue, making Rain feel like a total scrub. She'd had his example to follow, but still. Everyone okay? Amelia asked. Rain checked his status, as the others answered in the affirmative, seeing that she'd added a single point to all of his stats. She would have had to set Channel Mastery a good deal higher on Empire of Drive than on the others to do that, given that she was still levelling it. Unity was tantalisingly close, but as yet out of reach. I'm going to increase it now, Amelia said. Let me know if it gets uncomfortable. Rain smiled watching the numbers increase. Increasing numbers were his favourite thing. Unfortunately, it stopped. As soon as it started. Ah! Nim cried, hissing through her teeth. Backing off to plus four, Amelia said. I'll try plus five again later, once you've had time to get used to it. Crown! 
Dozer sent excitedly, bouncing up and down on Rain's shoulder. Rain glanced at the slime and smiled, seeing the ghost of a crown hovering above his gelatinous body. From their earlier practice, he knew Dozer could hear the spell's effect, though how that worked was a bit of a question. The crown would begin to look like a physical object if Amelia boosted the power, but it had thus far remained immaterial, even at her maximum output. As it was, it was fully visible, just translucent. Why did we feel that? Remezzo asked after a moment. It was like my bones were... On fire? Rain interrupted, not about to tell him that he was weaker than a slime. That's what happens when you exceed your tolerance. The rule of thumb at bronze is to not let your buffs exceed ten times your level, though there's some wiggle room. You don't know this? They should, Gen said. Pardon me, Miss Tiger, but four points isn't going to make much of a difference. Rain had to stifle an undignified giggle. <laughs> Miss Tiger? Can you add more to strength and vigor? Gen continued, oblivious. Or can you give me more than the others, since I can take it? It's all or nothing, Amelia lied. Mouse, your turn. Is this really wise? Bryce asked. I know you're silver, but this seems a little reckless, running full speed in the dark. What dark? Rain asked activating radiance and boosting the light from Gen's orb to fill the entire tunnel. Next, he activated Essence Well, sending mana to both Amelia and himself. On the next tick, Amelia activated Energy Well, transforming the mana he was feeding her into stamina and spreading it around the group. Meanwhile, he bumped up Purify, further brightening things, though that wasn't what he was after. Detection had just informed him of a monster corpse lying on the ground ahead, and he wanted it gone by the time they got there. The last thing he needed was for Dozer to realize there was filth down here. Only then did he activate Velocity, following Amelia's example and starting at a pathetic 1%. Despite his restraint, more than one of their charges managed to stumble. It probably had more to do with the sudden light show, though really being from where they were, their reaction seemed a bit much. What's the hells? Gen shouted. Hells, huh? I suppose this tunnel is a bit like a highway. That'll work, but this is going to be tricky to translate. Nudging velocity up to 2%, Rain didn't bother being gradual with his voice, instead pushing it straight to 11 Living easy, loving free, season ticket on a one-way ride. <laughs>